Yes. As I was thinking of the children there, I was thinking of the many wonderful experiences I've had with, uh, with children across the years. And it's just wonderful how children are, are a blessing to us, amen? A Sunday school teacher was teaching her class about the difference between right and wrong. Teacher was simply trying to help the boys and girls learn what is the difference between right and wrong. And the teacher said, uh, boys and girls, boys and girls, if a, if a lady puts her hand in a man's suit jacket and takes out all the money in that suit jacket, if a lady does that, what is she? And uh, one of the little children said, it's the wife. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, um, speaking of, chil of children, one dear lady in our church that was so very much loved by the boys and girls of our church family and uh, by all of us who knew her was Lena Williams. And it's been uh, just about a year since she went to be with the Lord. And the beautiful flowers on the communion table here have been placed here by, by Janet and the family. And we thank you, Janet. Uh, whereabouts are you today? God bless you. And thank you for the lovely flowers you placed on the table. In loving memory of Lena, God bless you. God bless you. Could you please turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1, please. Hebrews chapter 1. Our theme today is, I'm sorry, did I say ch chapter 1? It's Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12. I think last week I said Hebrews chapter 1 at the start as well. But our theme is, what do you do when you feel like giving up? What do you do when you feel like giving up? Many times in our lives, we feel like giving up, giving up on our faith, giving up on, uh, on maybe a relationship, giving up on work, giving up on all kinds of uh, situations. And Hebrews 12 gives us some wonderful insights as to how we can persevere, what we can do when we feel like giving up. And I indicated to you last week in part one of this message that uh, I, I have based this message on, on a, a, another message from Pastor Rick Warren of the Saddleback Community Church. I always want to give credit where credit is due. And so today I want to take you into the second part of this message. But you can see on the screen what we talked about last week on this theme on what do you do when you feel like giving up. And we said, number one, when you feel like giving up, remember, why don't you read it with me from the big screen. When you feel like giving up, remember you have people in heaven cheering you on. And secondly, when you feel like giving up, get rid of the weights and the sins which are pulling you down. 
And thirdly, when you feel like giving up, remember you must run God's race for you and not other people's race for you. All right? So let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he, that is Jesus, endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. Amen. The first truth I want to direct your attention to today, my friends, on this theme of what do you do when you feel like giving up. The first one is this. When you feel like giving up, remember Remember to focus on Jesus and not on your circumstances, all right? And uh, this truth comes from verse 2. It says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Read it with me. Read it with me from the big screen. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Notice verse 2 says, we keep our eyes on Jesus. Not on, not on the road, on Jesus. Not on the crowd, we keep our eyes on Jesus. Not on the critics, but focus on Jesus. Not on the problems, but focus on Jesus. Um, when they are teaching, some of you who have pets may know this, when they are teaching a dog at obedience school, they will often put a dog at one end, one end of the room and they will put the master at the other end of the room. Between the puppy and the master, they will put a bowl of food. The master will then call the puppy. If the puppy sees the food, he's a goner. He will go straight for the food because he is distracted. In a, in a dog's obedience school, what they do is they teach the puppy to do what? To keep his eyes on the master. And that's what you and I have to do. We have to keep our eyes on the master as we live this life. Keep your eyes on the master the master is Jesus, Jesus. And that's what you and I need to do. Uh, you can't keep looking, looking, for example, constantly at your bank account, at your bank balance, and, and perhaps letting it get, get you all discouraged. You, you, can't, you can't be focused on, on the fact that perhaps you haven't had a job for months or maybe a year, and that's getting you down. Uh, don't focus on the possibility that uh, your marriage, your marriage is falling apart. You can't just uh, look at the situation, all right? 
Don't just focus on the problem. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Amen? Look at the Savior. That's what you and I have to do. Uh, don't just look at the problem. You should look at the problem solver, who is Jesus. He is, he is the problem solver. Verse two says, keep your eyes, keep your eyes on Jesus. Now some of you are perhaps thinking, you know, pastor, you don't know, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I have to endure. You might be saying, you know, it is unendurable. By the way, that is an official word if you look it up in the dictionary. You might think, you think, you know, someone made that up. No. It is unendurable, okay? My friend, the best way to endure the unendurable is to focus on the invisible, to focus on God Almighty, to focus on God who came to earth in the person of Jesus. Amen? Corey Ten Boone, how many of you ever read, read any of her books or did you ever see The Hiding Place? How many of you across the years? All right, some of you have. Corey Ten Boone put it like this. Corey and her sister Betsy were put in jail in World War II in uh, Auschwitz, in Auschwitz, because there were Christians in Holland. But by the way, um, there's probably a tendency for a lot of us to think that Auschwitz was right in Germany, but uh, Auschwitz was actually uh, in, in Poland, and the Germans had annexed that part of Poland in the early part of the year, in the early part of the war. But, um, but Corey, Corey Ten Boone wrote a book called The Hiding Place. And uh, in that book, she tells of how she and her family hid Jews during World, World War II. They hid, they hid the Jews to protect them from the Nazis who were rounding up Jews and sending them to the concentration camps. One day, the Nazis found the Jews hidden in Corey's home. And the Nazis took not, not only the Jews, but they also took Corey's entire family to, to the Nazi Auschwitz concentration camp. Corey's sister, Betsy, actually died in that concentration camp. And it wasn't just Betsy, somewhere around 1.1 million people, 1.1 million Jews died in Auschwitz. Corey later wrote these words in her book. She said, if you look at the world, you will be distressed. If you look within, you will be depressed. If you look at Christ, you will be at rest. You will be at rest. Those words come from a woman who went through terrible pain, agony, physical and emotional in the Auschwitz concentration camp. It all depends on what or who you have your eye on. 
You and I can only do the impossible. We can only do the impossible if we keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen? What does that mean? It means remembering God's goodness to me, to you as well. It, it means remembering God's goodness to us in the past. I remember God's promises for me for the present and the future. I get my mind off the discouraging circumstances. You and I can worry, we can worry, or you and I can worship. Amen? We can worry or we can worship. You and I can panic or we can pray. Amen? Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. When Jonah was in the belly of a big fish somewhere in the Mediterranean, someone said he was on a Mediterranean cruise. Not exactly the kind he wanted. But um, he was in the belly of this big fish somewhere in the Mediterranean, and he said these words. He said, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. Jonah 2, verse 7. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. Now that's a good verse to remember when you are in the belly of a big fish of your own. A different kind of belly, of course. Essentially, Jonah said, I lost all hope and I once again turned my thoughts towards the Lord. I turned my thoughts towards the Lord. Amen? And so, my friends, I invite us today to keep this truth in your mind and heart. When you feel like giving up on whatever it is, remember to focus on Jesus and not on your circumstances. What is a circumstance? What is the situation burdening you? It's real. You can't ignore it. But keep your mind and heart and keep your focus on Jesus. And say, Jesus, with you, all things are possible. All things are possible. And I can make it. I can make it to the other side. I can make it to the next day. I can make it to the next week. I can make it to the next year. I will be victorious. We will be victorious as we keep our eyes on Jesus. Let us pray. Dear Lord, there are many things that our people listening today are going through. May you help each one, each one of us, to not get distracted, but rather to keep focused on you, to keep devoted, dedicated to you,
and to say, Lord, I am yours. I am your son, I am your daughter, I am your child. And I am confident that I am and we will make it. And we will, we will move forward. Not because of our strength, not because of our greatness, not because of our brilliance, not because we are so smart, but we are smart enough to keep focused on Jesus, my Savior and Lord, my counselor, my helper, my problem solver. Let it be so. And now, dear Lord, we take the, these moments to celebrate our faith and trust in Jesus as our Savior and Lord through the Lord's Supper. Thank you, Lord, for the Lord's Supper. Touch each heart, touch each mind as we prepare to take the bread and the cup, emblems of your broken body and shed blood. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 My friends, the Lord himself ordained this holy sacrament. He commanded his disciples to partake of the bread and wine emblems of his broken body and shed blood. This is his table. The feast is for his disciples. Let all those who have with true repentance forsaken their sins and have believed in Christ unto salvation draw near and take these emblems and by faith partake of the life, the life of Jesus Christ to your soul's comfort and joy. Let us remember that it is the memorial of the death and passion of our Lord, also a token of his coming again. Let us not forget that we are one at one table with the Lord. Beloved, you are invited to take the Lord's Supper with us today. If your faith and trust is in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, at some point in your life, if you have truly repented of your sins and began to believe, and today you believe in Jesus as the one who has made it possible for you to be, to be forgiven of your sins and adopted into the family, then we invite you to celebrate your faith with us. You do not have to be a specific member of this local church, but because of your faith and trust in Jesus, you are invited to participate in the Lord's Supper with us. As the communion trays are passed along, you will find that you can either take a cup that, that is not sealed and you can take uh, a regular cup with the juice and the bread from the center plate or you can take, you can take a cup that is sealed and uh, you will simply pull back the cellophane to access the bread and, and the drink. If for some reason you have difficulty opening the cup Put your hand up and one of our communion servers will come and give you another, another cup. It is very important, very important that before we take communion, that we examine our hearts, we examine our lives. And the Bible tells us that 
if there is any kind of sin in our hearts, in our lives, that we have to, we must repent of it. We must ask God to forgive us. And we must also, we must also promise the Lord that we will not just ask for forgiveness, but we will keep that promise and not engage in that sin again. But rather we will say, Lord, I want to live a holy life, a godly life. Let it be so. If you have a child with you, most of our children are in children's church, which is wonderful, but if you have a child with you, parents, we ask you to use your good judgment as to whether he or she understands enough to receive communion today. Communion servers, would you stand, please? We will sing as the communion elements are, are passed out to you.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for these sacraments. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. And indeed, Lord, we pray that you would search us, that you would test us, that you would see if there is anything within us that does not belong. We pray, Father, that you would forgive us for the things that we have done wrong. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and just and will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, God, we pray that indeed you would make us clean and white as snow, for truly nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash us whiter than snow. And so, Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness. And as we partake in these elements, we pray that you would help us to reflect truly on your sacrifice as we approach your table with reverence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Beloved, as we hold the bread in our hand, the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you, and be thankful. As we take the cup now in our hand, the blood of our Lord Jesus, which was shed for you. Preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for you, and be thankful. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Let us stand, church family. And as we sing, if some of you wish to come to find a place of prayer, kneeling or standing around the altar, you come. Perhaps you want to pray and say, Lord, this day I dedicate my life to you. I begin to trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. Others of you may want to come and pray and say, Lord, there are all these circumstances or issues or problems going on in my life and, and I'm being distracted this way and that way and today I've been reminded from the word of God to keep my eyes on Jesus, keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm not going to uh, pretend those issues, those problems are not real but I'm going to focus on Jesus, the problem solver, the one who is helping me and will help me to make it through, to persevere. You come. Some others of you have family needs that you want to pray about, you come and pray. We'll pray with you as you wish. Let's sing together, shall we?
Amen. And so, church family, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Amen and amen. Greet one another, would you? Be a blessing to someone. Join us for the 630 service tonight. Amen.